0: All right, folks, it's another episode of the Gary and Mark Show, and I'm Gary. And I am Mark. And we're not, we are coming to you, we're live, but we're not live, right? Something, something like something, that. Something like that. It's been a while since we've had it's a recording. Since July. Exactly. And uh, so it's
1: good to be back. Yes, it is. And you know, it's been busy. You've, you've added another member of the family.
0: Another granddaughter. Another granddaughter three granddaughters now
1: that's right and this one's named is riley june and she's just a few four months, months four months
0: rj she was here early this morning okay yeah
1: and you do your share you and barbara yeah. babysitting yeah we do monday through friday or monday no, through no
0: no no right now they kind of pop in and then uh, if jess's husband is on business during the week in the evening we'll pop over just to watch, so she can go take a sh- a shower. She's got a, huh, that's a three right. year old and a four month old, so. and then, and then you know my son. We have a that's a two year old granddaughter. She is spending like Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays here, but starting next semester, it'll be Wednesday and Thursday. We're gonna we're taking our Fridays back. I
1: think you should. Yeah, that's a that's a big commitment. Well. Three small. Children. I tell
0: you, it's uh, anyone who wants to have a workout program <laughs> in the Peloton, the you know, the membership to the Y. It's all wrapped into grand grandchildren. Follow them around. I bet you do. I yeah. bet you, but it's fun, right? It's it better be because it's exhausting. <laughs> yes, it is. It's fun. So,
1: what time did he get picked up in the afternoon? Oh, sometime between 6 and 7. Uh, oh, that's yeah. not the afternoon, that's the evening.
0: Yeah. And then we usually have a morning keeper busy. If it's if it's beautiful, we we'll go outside. And, and, the, and, and the playgrounds, the playground at Jackson Park is great. It gets that, a lot of use. And, you know, it, it, it's fall. Yeah. And it has been beautiful. It has been. Too dry. Too dry, yeah, and, and drought conditions. And I did learn, you know, some folks... Don't use the word Indian anymore. I mean, the way I think of Indian summer. But another term I've recently learned is second summer. I like that term. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fall.
1: Yeah. And a a week or so ago, Uh I had dinner with some friends. And one of them, Dan Cameron, said, I've got you some of my sorghum. Yeah. Because we had mentioned... Years ago, that shows you this podcast has been around longer than people think. Right, Not as long as we have been around, but pretty long. We're in season five, actually. Okay. And we had mentioned about sorghum made you feel like fall or something like that. Yeah. And I mentioned I knew this guy, Dan, who actually raised his own sorghum, the cane, and and did all the work. He cut it. Friends cut it. Even one guy, I, I think, rode around on a
0: lawnmower. To. yeah it used <laughs> to be in in the old days you'd have a you know a little animal well he has yeah. horses
1: i'm not sure if he's ever used those or mules
0: yeah. he's got all kinds of animals walk in a circle and, and they, crush the cane yep. and uh my friend jerry brindle who I worked with at diamond brand actually remembered as a kid being you go in and have to kind of Pull stuff out while well, that little, you know, while your mule or whatever is going in a circle. Yeah, yeah. I think they went
1: from lawnmower. I think he Local, finally had an. Yeah. yeah, a friend John would drive it around. I think he said, but then I think they actually got a little motorized version of something. But I think it's not yeah. working at the moment. But he remembered that episode, and he was coming to dinner. I hadn't seen him in decades, really. And guess what he brought us. <laughs>
0: yeah and it, we're pointing at we're it we're pointing to it right yeah, here and we're going to have some here we shortly. are
1: stuck on cane i think mm. that's the name of his farm or his sorghum yeah. operation and tell us you were saying people call
0: it molasses but it's but molasses comes from sugar cane and sorghum cane is a different creature and and molasses is like what the second when you're making sugar it's like the the stuff, the other stuff that when you're, but <laughs> sorghum cane is just, it's its own thing. And you can imagine if you'd lived around here 150 years ago, this would be your source of sugar, most likely. You and, know, uh, he,
1: he mentioned something like that. This
0: would be your sweetener. And uh, I grew up with it more as a fall and winter thing on biscuits or on country ham. And I, I have some almost every day. Well, it's appreciate Dan Cameron for giving us this. Thank you, Dan. And because you gave us the sorghum, it prompted me to go make some biscuits, which I'm using the recipe from my friend Ronnie Lundy, who you've... I, I did, read, a, did, a, she yeah. did a short on my YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah, she's uh, she's got a bookstore, Plot Hound Books Plot in Burnsville, Hound Books, North in Burnsville. Carolina, and she wrote a book about sorghum. Oh my gosh, Dan may need a copy of that. Well, he, I bet he will need Dan. Did, uh, the recipe is from a, a restaurant, <clears throat> a little kind of sounds like not fussy diner in Paris, Kentucky.
1: And that they're both from <laughs> Kentucky originally. Gary's had a cold. You can probably
0: hear that. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll, Weeders Biscuits <laughs> from Windy Corner. And I looked it up, and that restaurant's still flourishing. Yeah. So, sorghum savor. And so you know, plug runny-lundy again because uh, yeah. after she wrote that book, then she wrote this book, Vittles, about, you know, it's kind of the, the cooking that she grew up with in the – Mountains around Corbin, her grandparents, and this book, her writing won the James Beard Award. So, and you know, hold that book up
1: another minute. It, it was not only a few years ago that I realized Vittles is spelled v- Victory. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Where, where that came from, I do not know. Yeah. Someone has uh made that yeah. up, I think, but uh, so uh, Gary has made these homemade from that recipe, from
0: Weta's biscuits. Yeah,
1: are the uh. Did you say they're um, buttermilk biscuits or just regular oh yeah, biscuits?
0: they're made with whole buttermilk. All right, well we're going to try some yeah. here. Okay, okay.
1: What do we do first, uh. <laughs> Gary? Let's we'll see. We'll get some music going here. Yep. Maybe biscuit music. I don't know. I'm not having biscuit music going. Oh, there we go. All right, let's try some. All right. All right. We're going to put the bikes down for a second. It's going to be messy. Gary, sure. was supposed to bring some napkins. We don't I have got any. To. How about two? Sounds good. We won't. We're not going to show you the whole thing here. So uh, let's just try some though. While we're uh, all right, yes, yeah, spoon me out a little bit. Not too much because I don't want to get on my recorder. Ooh, look at that, Dan Cameron. I can smell the sweetness. And you said it's not super sweet. It's, it's kind of a low, note. a low kind of sweetener. He said. All right, that's good, Gary. And these are so uh, gooey. We're going to try them with. Uh, Cut them up. Mm. Mop and sop. All right, mop and sop, he says. All right, well, all right, Dan Cameron. Let's see how we got. Oh, he, Gary's still working on his. I'm going to take a bite, Gary. Over here. Mmm. Taste that, Gary. He's licking the spoon. <laughs> Mm. So, if you're uh, listening to us via the audio podcast, you're missing what this looks like, but they're nice little biscuits, half inch tall, Gary made them, and uh, buttermilk, and this pure sorghum syrup from Dan Cameron, Eflin, North Carolina, stuck on cane. I'll put the info, in case you're ever that way, uh, in the description. What do you think, Gary?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, said so this was the source. This is the sweetener source for folks who kind of lived out here in the sticks. And it seems like now there are parts of central Tennessee and Kentucky where sorghum is still a bigger deal. I know ours. Yeah, I grew up in Frankfort, Kentucky, but seems like our sorghum came from somewhere in indiana Hmm. but it's just
1: well this is from north carolina so yeah well it's mighty good all right well we're gonna not have have people watch us eat the whole time but uh we need to thank good old dan cameron for bringing this to us if we can get some applause going yeah
0: boys thumbs up thumbs up for dan there Mm -hmm. a little
1: bit of water we're gonna take a short break be right back and we are back, Gary. We, hey, that was good. Yeah, thanks, Dan.
0: Thank you, Dan.
1: So next up, Gary's going to tell us the beginning of a story.
0: Well, and and it's true. It's it, a, it is true. And and the reason we're doing it now is it's been about fifty years, and that's a measurable chunk of time. I didn't think about fifty years, fifty years ago. No. But this is about a, a canoe trip Steve Blizzard and I did uh, for the town of Harrodsburg, Kentucky, which in 1974 Harrodsburg celebrated their 200th birthday, and they were kind of they were a year before Boonesboro. You know Daniel Boone; he gets top billing, but Harrodsburg as the first English-speaking settlement west of the Alleghenies, established in 1774. So in 1974, Steve Blizzard and I... And Steve was a uh, counselor at He'd been camp- a camper and a counselor at Mondamon. And the two of us, I want it was not a super historically accurate reenactment, but the two of us paddled a... Canoe about three hundred miles down the Ohio, and then a hundred miles up the Kentucky, and we had some real I had a deer skin jacket. Most of our buckskins were kind of faux buckskins, but we carried flintlock rifles, and we would stop along the way and give a talk about Harrodsburg, and and in some places uh, we were welcomed, and most places. Uh, I mean, there were a few places where uh, communication hadn't been good, and they weren't sure who we were. You know, a couple of guys setting off these rifles out in the middle of the river. And tell us river. about those
1: rifles you had.
0: Well, uh, forty-five caliber flintlock rifles, replicas made in Italy of the the kind of uh, flintlock rifles that uh, the frontiersmen carried back then. But to get back on how this. Actually started, I believe it was a fall day in seven, 1973, and I'm at uh, the Rainbow Laundry. I remember that place not far from here, which is now the headquarters for a uh, plumbing company. But yeah, uh, you know, I was doing my laundry, bored, look for something to read, and there's a little Ford Times magazine. I don't know if you remember Ford Times. I do. Mm-hmm. And there's an article about a fella from North Wilkesboro, Ivy Moore. Ivy Moore had been, a, I think, a furniture executive. that, And he was already retired by this time. But he would dress up in full-on buckskins and lead the Daniel Boone wagon train. And I don't know how many years. I think that went for decades. Some around there. I mean, folks covered wagons going on back roads, but trying to reenact Daniel Boone's path towards Kentucky. And I think from reading that, I thought, well, let me try and get in touch with him. And, and you know, in the 70s, you could send a letter to someone, put general delivery, I put Ivy Moore, general delivery, North Wilkesboro. Yeah, he would get it. And he got it. <clears throat> well... You know, him being a retired guy at the time, like we are now, he jumped right on it and like, hey, why don't you come visit? I got a letter. So I went over and visited Ivy Moore one second summer afternoon, probably in November, and he took me around, showing me where one of Boone's farms had been. And uh, we talked about... Pretty much uh, what it must have been like back when Daniel Boone lived in that area. Of course, he'd come down from Pennsylvania. Uh, anyway, so I, I I'm home, I guess in December. I'd gone back my my uh, parents' house to for Christmas, and uh, my dad had said, "Well, you know," I, I told him I wanted to find out more about Boone's route into Kentucky, and he suggested I go. To the Kentucky Historical Society and talked to Colonel George Chin, uh, and I'm going to suggest to our viewers if you want to find an interesting character, go Google George M. Chin, C H I N, two N's, two N. He had a colorful career. He he's known. Uh, in military circles, he was a weapons expert and invented some kind of a grenade launcher. And he was also uh, had expertise on machine guns. But he in his uh, in his college days at Center College, he was on the nineteen twenty one team that beat Harvard at football. That's impressive. I know that later he was a bodyguard for. Uh, when Happy Chandler was governor in the 30s. And then in the 40s, World War Two, he he's going to join the Marines, and Happy Chandler says, you're too old and too fat. Well, he did <laughs> join. Even, and I mean... How old was he then? Well, he was in his 40s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, by the time I met him, he was the kind of the titular head of the Kentucky Historical Society, had an office in the old armory. Uh, and the armory is perched on this limestone cliff, overlooks the Kentucky River. It's a, a beautiful spot. So I go in. Very, he's very welcoming. Come on over and sit down, young man. Sit down with Colonel Shin. And I say, Colonel Shin, I want to know. Uh, I'm trying to collect more information on Daniel Boone's path into Kentucky, and he looks at me and he says, "Well, well, that's that's fine, but you know what you're going to do this year? You're <laughs> gonna <clears throat> you're gonna reenact Colonel Harrod's route to Kentucky because it's going to be 200 years." And I'm like, "Huh?" And he said, "Yeah, Colonel Herod started at Old Fort Redstone on the Monongahela. <clears throat> they paddle down, you know, to where it meets the." the forks of the Ohio, and then they come all the way down the Ohio River, and then when they got to the mouth of Kentucky, they paddled up the Kentucky all the way to this little spot, which now known as Oregon, and there they walked inland for 10 or 12 miles, and that's where they settled Herod, back then, Harrodstown. town he said he had, he said, Colonel Harrod had probably 20, 30 men, I'm like nodding, and he goes, oh, that's what, <clears throat> that's what you need to do this summer, and um, and these are no small rivers, meaning no. width and <clears throat> speed. And, I, and I'm just okay. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you. Forgive <laughs> me that information. It was nice meeting you. And yeah, I go back home and don't really think much about it. And then uh, tell Dad about our visit, and uh, that w- I get this phone call February or March. It's from a woman who works for an advertising agency in Lexington, Kentucky. And she says, uh, we talked to Colonel Chin. Okay. And and, uh, because we wanted some people to reenact uh, Colonel Herod's route to Kentucky. And uh, Colonel Chin mentioned that you had 20 men (laughs) outfitted and ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, now, Colonel Chen had been drinking something. I don't. I don't know if he really told her that. Uh, thing, or did she make that up just to see what a response would be? But I said, "Did I you don't, even have one man?" At I, that time? I said, <laughs> "What I have, I don't have anybody." <laughs> and I said, "Maybe, maybe I could find another person." who would be willing to do this. I said, we really don't have, you know, that entire trip was like 700 miles. I said, I really don't have time for that. Maybe we could start on down on the Ohio and and paddle a portion and then go up the Kentucky. Which is still hundreds of miles, right? Yeah, still 400 miles. Oh. And uh, she said, well, that's fine. That's fine. If you can if you can get one person. <laughs> and so Was well, she gonna sponsor you or something? Well, that was that they were gonna be they would handle the expenses. Wow, okay. So <laughs> uh, so I called Steve Blizzard and I said, Steve, how you wanna how you feel about spending <laughs> three weeks in a canoe will be kind of dressed up Sort of buckskins, be following Colonel Harrods route down the Ohio and up the Kentucky, and uh, it's so he was from Ohio, wasn't he? He was living in he was at University of Virginia, just finished or finishing up his freshman year at UVA. Okay, and it it fit in with his getting out of school, I think, uh, and the arrival date in Harrodsburg, and then he he would have to go right back to summer school. But I gave him kind of the, you want to go do this. You know, we'll camp along the way. Some places, other places, there may be like events. But basically, we're sort of the inexpensive kind of advertising. Hopefully, people will be interested in a canoe heading down the river. And so uh, he was game. He said yes. And only only because he said yes, I could call back <clears throat> this lady from the advertising agency, and say, "All right, let's let's do it." And so that was how the thing got hatched. So, whose canoe did you use? One from camp, or did they give you it, one? It's actually someone. No, they didn't. Are they are you kidding? They would. If you recall, I think you were at Mon and when Jim Stacy. Oh yeah. Well, Jim Stacy had an outdoor program, I think called Sage. Oh, I think at in right. Lexington, and he had an 18 foot aluminum canoe, and he was okay. I mean, with us spray painting it, which is, I mean, the hunt, actually, the hunt for a vessel, uh, that took some time, because at first, uh, the advertising agency said, "Well, we're going to fly you up to Chicago to Ralph Freeze to the Chicago Land Canoe Base," because he. Built the models for the reenactment of the Marquette Joliet. Oh, my goodness! So they fly me to Chicago and I'm looking. Oh, wow! At, and uh, <clears throat> I mean, these are these beautifully constructed replicas, I'm sure cost thousands of dollars. Well, <clears throat> we didn't have that kind of a budget, and you did done with that lady, did Huh? That lady did the ad, the advert. Yeah. Oh, she just worked for for Richard Newman and Associates. Please. Okay, you remember the name? I do. Uh, <laughs> out of Chicago, they uh, and it, it was very interesting looking at these replicas there in Chicago of these beautiful boats. And of course, what Colonel Herod and his men had used were cut down big poplar trees and dig them out. Well, that's not going to. We knew that wasn't going <laughs> to happen. I was not sure. At that point, how we would find a vessel. But interesting thing on the next day when I'm getting ready to fly back, front page news was newspaper heiress kidnapped. Oh uh-huh. Patty Hearst. Uh-huh. Well, that actually pops up later on the canoe trip, but that's that's for another episode. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's. Uh, that was the beginning, and then it was hunt for the vessel, and then, you know, figure out our our route and how long you could paddle each day. And I mean, I mean, you're going downhill at first. I mean, downstream, downstream first. on the so Ohio. how fast? Well, roughly, I remember Chief, you know, Frank Bell telling us you can walk faster than you can paddle, but it would depend. I mean, the the Ohio is such a big river that sometimes, and we're basically heading west, and the prevailing winds were out of the west. So sometimes you would actually use the wind to ferry you across to the lee side so you wouldn't have to fight the wind. But, uh, yeah, the Ohio, it was pretty easy. And, and, you know, I I forget, I've got the charts here, how many dams we locked through. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, the advertising agency – uh, the fellow that worked for them, Jim Montoya, who has since passed away, and I'm sorry. I'd love to talk to him because he was the the advance man that went <clears throat> that talked to the Army Corps engineers, that talked all the towns we were going to go through, and that tried to line up if there was newspaper, radio, or TV. He was the guy that went and set all that up.
1: And did some of that work, or were we always yes, too yes. late or too soon? No,
0: no, well, we were. It, I would say. <laughs> Uh Almost all the time it worked the time it it didn't work was when we're out in front of this boat dock on the ohio and in the I would say mostly it was gentlemen out that afternoon afternoon in May, and I think they'd been having a few cocktails mm-hmm. and and what we found these these rifles, if you don't put a ball in the end, if you just put powder, you can load that barrel. Half full of powder, and you set that thing off, and this sheet of flame, <laughs> plus the noise. <clears throat> well, yeah, you know, we set that off about oh a hundred yards from the dock to let them know we're coming, and then what we saw was like people running <laughs> the other way, uh, the other you. way, the <laughs> other way, and so you know they, I'm I'm sure they thought the Symbionese Liberation Army. <laughs> We might not have Patty Hearst, but the Simeonese Liberation Army was coming. So there were a few times we were met at boat docks by sheriffs, <clears throat> but most of the time it was a wel- welcoming crew. You were m- met by sheriffs because someone had tipped them off.
1: That these shady well, uh, people were coming. Yeah, in. There's,
0: who are these? Or sometimes it would be, who are these people?
1: Because you've so. not had a real bath in several days and you're wearing buckskins well, you... and you got a painted canoe and you're carrying
0: 45 uh caliber Caliber. yeah you know uh Mm. and learning how you know river traffic river barges uh they are just immense compared to an 18 foot aluminum canoe oh yeah but you get in the wake of one of those as long as you're at a perfectly 45 degree angle you could ride those waves and you were sleeping out at night
1: camping out at night
0: a lot a lot of nights we slept out and then some nights people i mean like uh, the, our first night, it was a couple just lived on the high side <clears throat> of the river, and uh, we slept in their woods and cook, cooked our little uh, meal on their porch. Yeah, I had my surveyor stove. you know. We, I think you still have that uh, so, stove, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Uh, Does and, it still and, work? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, you know, sleep in hammocks, little uh, net hammocks. Mm-hmm. That, and then some nights it'd be, oh, you'd... Bump into some retired couple who had a very opulent camper. Come stay in our camper. Boom. Wow. You know?
1: Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't be so generous.
0: Yeah. And then, I, you know, once we, uh, I mean, the Kentucky was, that was a chore paddling upstream for 100 miles. And when we hit it, it was at flood stage. Ah. <clears throat> but by the time we were 60 miles up, that's about my hometown of Frankfurt. And uh, it was nice to spend one night in my bed
1: at home. And there's no cell phone, so you couldn't tell anybody you were on the way. So uh, you just had to
0: show up in your folks' Yeah. Were... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no cell phones back yeah. then. Never, they, and no.
1: amazingly, I, when I was driving over here, I said, You didn't have cell phones, so you're not going to have a camera in that boat. In this canoe, there won't even be any record of this, and you've got an entire. scrapbook. I've got a scrapbook. Got a
0: scrapbook uh, thanks to my mother, who made this nope, scrapbook. Not, and we'll, we'll. I'll get some yeah. pictures
1: of that, and we'll put it on the video yeah. portion so people can see that.
0: And so, this coming uh, May, June, Harrodsburg's uh, going to hit two hundred and fifty. And you're not. You haven't you've been trying to find out if they're going
1: to have a big ceremony. Well,
0: uh, <clears throat> I'd like to find out if there's just one day that would be a good day. It'd be fun to show up. I think you should uh, go up there with uh, your buckskins on and Yeah, I don't have them anymore. Well, yeah, barber can make you some. I still have the key, the key to the fort, which of course, uh, you know, <clears throat> on the day we land landed at Landing Run, then they put us on flatbed trailers <clears throat> and, and hauled us into town. And, your
1: canoe too, you mean? Yeah, and
0: yep. uh and then it was a bunch of like the local, uh, Rur- I think Ruritan Club from Salvisa, they all were dressed up too, and so we all proceed to march to the fort, and it pretends like you know my key opens, and then bingo, that began their thirty day celebration. Cool, is that fort like a oh, historic yeah, site? So you can well, go. I mean, it's a reconstructed, right? But I mean, it's there; as it's a, been there. I think I first saw it when I was ten. I thought a it was a cool. historic site or something. Yeah.
1: Harrodsburg, Kentucky.
0: Harrodsburg, Kentucky. A nice a nice little
1: town. Well, you know what? This has been fascinating, and it's far from complete, your story. Yeah. So I think we're going to do this in chapters or episodes. I would love to. And we'll pick let you pick yeah. out what we talk about each yeah. time. But So we want listeners to stay tuned. Stay tuned, listeners. And uh, Gary has a million stories, and he, we've told some of them, of course, on the podcast. It's been fun. And uh, I love hearing all his stories over right. and over and over again. So I'm thinking you and I should go up there in May. Take my RV. Well, I've thought about that, <laughs> and I've uh, thought about that. That would be fun. Yeah. And we could uh, call it a covered wagon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Gary, we're gonna wrap this up. Okay, Mark. And, well, it's uh, been too long. It's, it's great. Been too long. I'm gonna do them, I'm gonna wait four months till the next. One. No, we're not. If anybody wants to support us, you can find us at GaryandMark.com on yeah. the internet. Gary we accept Mark. money. Com. We do. Any yeah. amount. Any we could use it. some, uh, 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 what do you call them, those things? Sponsors. been so long. Yeah. Uh, we had some, but they've been with us four or five years. We're starting over again. So yeah. you could be a sponsor. You could. This afternoon, GaryandMark.com. Five bucks makes you a sponsor. Yeah. $10, you own the show. Or something <laughs> like that. Or $10, yeah. you're be a director. Yeah. $30, you own the show. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Gary? I think that's enough for now, Mark. It's been a good episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, So I'm Mark. I'm Gary. And we'll look forward to the next time.